right, church, you can open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, the scripture will also be on the screen in just a moment. But Hebrews 11, uh, we are beginning a new sermon series today. Uh, my name is Todd. You can call me Teacup, and uh, I'm glad to be here with all of you today. Uh, Chuck and Linda McGinney, uh, I need to give to, something to you after uh, this worship gathering, so don't cut out uh, without talking to me. And then also, uh, this uh, t-shirt here, I'm pretty excited about it. It's new, and I'm wearing it for one of my good friends, Amanda Jones, uh, who's here uh, right now. And uh, Amanda, uh, uh, she rides fast in a wheelchair, and so wearing this shirt for her and for others uh, 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 that may also find themselves uh, using some wheels to get around. So... Hebrews 11, okay, are we ready? Hebrews 11, the Word of God, and when we open the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, we believe that it is true. We believe that it is useful. We believe that it is applicable. We believe that it is living and active. So here we go, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. The introductory verses to Hebrews 11, and if this were like a book that you might pick up today, and before you get to chapter 1, you've got that introduction. Highly encouraged to read uh, the introduction to uh, books. It helps you, uh, it kind of puts you, uh, get, get, get your bearings about you so you know what you're about to be getting into. And these first few verses in, in chapter 11 are like an introduction to a book. They, they, they let us know what's going on and what we're getting into. And so today we'll be focusing on this introduction. Uh, if you were to go to a Hall of Fame, you'll see galleries and statues of uh, galleries. And, uh, uh, you'll, you'll see galleries, excuse me. You'll be walking through galleries and you'll see statues and memorabilia of men and women who made great achievements in a particular field. Now, we lived in Cleveland. There's two uh, pretty big Hall of Fames there, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Professional Football Hall of Fame. So often when we would have friends or guests visiting, those would be two stops that we would make. And you see these statues, uh, this memorabilia. You get to read about uh, people and, and read about their achievements. Well, Hebrews 11 is like a Hall of Fame for the kingdom of God. And over the next two months, we're going to be walking through the gallery, so to speak, and looking at the statues of men and women from the Old Testament who lived by faith. Uh, you probably have heroes, people that you admire, people that you look up to uh, because of their high character or because of uh, their achievements. Well, Hebrews 11, we have a list of heroes. We have a list of kingdom heroes, men and women who had faith in a great and mighty God and lived out that faith. The prayer we just prayed together, I want to reiterate that because our prayer over the next two months is that we would be encouraged 
and inspired by these heroes of the faith, we would be encouraged and inspired to, to both know faith and to grow in our faith. A couple of things that stand out to us about this chapter, uh, just kind of getting big picture of what's going on here, is uh, 16 heroes are named specifically throughout chapter 11. There are 16 men and women from the Old Testament who are specifically named, plus others who are referred to but remain anonymous. Also in chapter 11, where we'll be hanging out for the next couple of months in this hero series, we see the word faith over 20 times. And so just looking at these two things, we get the big picture of what the, the theme is for Hebrews 11, and that is heroes of faith. So why these examples of faith? Why, why is this right here in Scripture? Well, we just need to look at the context. And if in your Bible you can turn just maybe a page back to chapter 10, we, we look at the context here and we see why this list of heroes of faith. We understand why we're walking through this gallery of statues and memorabilia. In Hebrews chapter 10, and we're just going to read verses 35 and 36, gives us a picture of what's going on here. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. A few things jump out to us in this. First off, in verse 35, don't throw away this confident trust you have. You need patient endurance. You see, the original recipients of this letter were under a lot of pressure just to walk away from Jesus. They were under a lot of pressure to quit following and obeying the words of Christ. We read more in the context and you get a better picture of that, but what was happening for these early Christians is uh, they were being ridiculed because of their belief in Jesus. Uh, some of them were being imprisoned. Uh, they were suffering uh, because of their faith in Jesus. Some of them were losing uh, jobs and losing possessions because they were following Jesus. And so it would have been really easy for them just to quit on this whole Christian thing. I uh, preached through the, the, the Hebrews several years ago, and we titled that series, No Turning Back, because there was a lot of pressure just to quit and just to turn away. And we said, no, no turning back. And that's what the author had in mind when he wrote this to them. When the author of Hebrews wrote to these Christians who were under a lot of pressure just to quit, he said, look, Jesus is better than anyone or anything else. And he really elevates Jesus, just who Jesus is, just who you are placing your faith in. And, 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 and the author explains how Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice and substitute and savior for us. How he died on the cross to pay our sin debt and how victoriously he rose from the dead. How he is our only way to a relationship with God. So he, so he writes to them about who our faith is in. And then he gets to chapter 11 and he says, look, look at these examples of others who didn't quit. Look at these examples of others who didn't turn away, who didn't stop, but continued with 
faith. So that's why chapter 11 is here. And I would say not so much has changed from when this was originally written to today because there's a lot of pressure for us to quit following Jesus too. There's a lot of pressure for us just to, just to stop and to walk away from this Christian thing. If we're being straight, our culture doesn't really match up with loving and obeying Jesus. Our circumstances make faith, and maybe, maybe I'm just talking from a personal perspective, but I don't think so. Our circumstances make faith a real struggle sometimes. We deal with suffering and we ask why. Why is this going on? We deal with sin. We say, why? Why am I still this way? Why is this in the world? We deal with death, and isn't it just awful, and we hate it? And our circumstances of sin and suffering and death and the questions that go in our mind about this make faith a real struggle. Consequences to following Jesus make faith a struggle as well. Because if I do obey Jesus, I may miss out on some money. I may miss out on some opportunities. I may miss out on some temporary pleasure. Those are consequences. If I do take following Jesus and walking in obedience to him seriously, then I may lose some relationships. Some people may walk away from me. There are serious consequences to this even today. And so, may we, not just the original recipients of this letter, but may we find encouragement and inspiration. And I believe God would want to, want to tell us right now, look at these examples of heroes of faith, and you too can be heroes. You too can have enduring faith despite our culture, our circumstances, and the consequences. We don't just want faith information throughout this series. We want faith transformation. We want faith in Jesus Christ to change us and the way we live. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at these heroes. Uh, we're going to stop at the statues. We're going to look at their lives and how they trusted God. But today, and, and, and that's in, in verse 2 there, where verse 2 says, Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. So that's where we're going to be for the rest of the series. But today, we want to focus in on verse 1, which talks specifically about faith. And, and when it comes to faith, we want to know it. We want to know what we're talking about. We want to know what faith in God is. So let's read verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And if you read some other translations... Uh, there are some different words that pop in. This is a difficult verse to translate uh, for us to get our minds around what faith is because faith is a tough thing to grasp. And so every time there's a new translation, there's new words to try and help us understand exactly what God is getting at when he talks about faith. But, but, but a, a few things we can notice here. Okay, Faith shows the reality. So we've got reality. 
And then the, the, the second half of the sentence talks about how faith is the evidence. So faith is reality or evidence. It's something of substance. It's something that we can like hold in our hand. It's, it's, it's reality. It's evidence. Here, look. <laughs> but what is this thing of substance? Well, it says it's, 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 it's the substance of what we hope for. So it's the, the substance. It's the, re, it's, it's the reality of something that we, we don't yet have. And then the second half of the sentence says it's the evidence or it's the, it's the substance. It's, it's what we're holding on to of something that we cannot see. <laughs> Those things don't seem to go together. Uh, substance and something that we don't have or, or we can't see. So how, how, does that, how does that work out? Some of the translations that we'll read on this, instead of evidence and reality, we'll use words like confidence and assurance and certainty. And so faith is being so sure of something like we're holding it in our hands, even though yet we're not. Faith is being so sure and certain of something as if we're looking at it directly right in front of us, even though we can't see it. So faith is evidence, reality of something that we don't yet have. Verse 3 gives us an example of this, of faith in something we can't see, being certain of something we can't see. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Romans 1.20, talking about creation and talking about faith in God, puts it like this. It says, look, you can look at that magnificence of creation, and we see all the detail, we see all the order. It'll blow your mind when you think about the galaxies, when you think about the creatures, we can look at creation and we, we, we can know that this didn't just happen. And so even though we weren't there when God made everything, we can be certain that he did make everything. Let's, let's get, get a definition of faith. This is something that you would find if you, you looked it up in the dictionary. Faith is complete trust in someone or something. Complete trust in someone or something. Now, with biblical faith, the working definition that we can have, biblical faith is trusting that God exists and keeps his promises. And we find this in verse 1, uh, trusting that God exists even though we can't see him and trusting that he, that he keeps his promises, and that is being certain of what we hope for. Right, And so with faith, trusting that God exists and that he keeps his promises, with faith, right here in 2022, where we're standing, we can look back. We can look back. And even though we weren't there when he started it all, we believe and are confident that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We see the magnificence, we see the detail, we see the order right here in 2022. But we weren't there. But we can look back and we can be confident, we can be certain that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We can look back in faith and we can be confident 
And we can look at, at historical records, we can look at archaeology, the rest of the biblical account, and we can be certain when we look back that Jesus did come. That the miracles were evidence of his divinity. That he was, in fact, the Son of God. And we can look back and we can be confident that Jesus did come. That he did live this perfect, sinless life. That he did die on a cross. And that he did rise from the dead, beating death and making a way for us to have a relationship with God. That's faith. Standing right here in 2022, we can also look forward. And even though in our circumstances right now, we're still dealing with sin, with suffering, and with death, we can look forward and we can be confident that God will keep his promises because he said that Jesus said that he will come again. And when he comes again, he's coming to make all things right. He's coming to, to do away with sin, with suffering, with death. And he's bringing heaven to earth. And so right here in 2022, by faith we look back and we believe that God exists. By faith we look forward and we believe that he is keeping his promises. And that affects how we live today. That's a definition an illustration uh, for faith uh, would be like a trust fall. So about 10 years ago or so, uh, trust falls were pretty popular. And with a trust fall, a person stands uh, stiff as a board, and then they just free fall backwards. Someone's behind them, or persons are behind them to catch them. And so they are falling, trusting that someone is going to be there to catch them, all right? So right here on stage today, uh, I, could, I, could, I could call uh, Grant up. Uh, for instance, I'm not. You don't have to because I don't trust you. Uh, and that's what we're getting at. <laughs> I could call Grant up here, and I could say, all right, let's do a trust fall. Stiff as a board. And I, I know Grant's strong enough to catch me, but I don't know if he's good enough. He might just be mischievous enough just to step back and watch me fall. And so he's strong enough, but is he good enough? On the same hand, I could get my youngest son up here, Aiden, and uh, I believe that I believe that he he wouldn't want to see me hurt. I believe that he'd really stand in there and give it his all, but he's a little guy, and I would I would probably crush him. <laughs> and so he's good enough, but he's not strong enough. When it comes to faith, God is good enough. He is great. He is holy. He is perfect. He is loving. He is just. He is kind. He is compassionate. He is forgiving. God is good enough, and he is strong enough. He spoke the world into existence. He, he raised his son Jesus from the dead. He works miracles. So God is good enough, and God is strong enough. So we've got a definition. We've got an illustration and now, let's do a little memorization. Because what we want to do with faith, we really want to know it. We really want to know it. And so we want to take it from hearing about faith and just thinking about faith to hiding it in our hearts, memorizing this verse about faith. Uh, just across the building in HC Kids, four, five, six-year-olds are memorizing verses. So come on, huh? I bet we could do it too. So on the screen, you're going to see uh, this next slide, and it's Hebrews 11.1. 1. And in just a moment, we're going to read it out loud together. And then the next slide, there's going to be two words missing. 
and just two blank spaces there. And so we're going to have to really use our brain and try and remember those missing words and say the verse. And then the next slide will have four missing words, and the last slide will have six missing words. And we're going to see if we can take this faith verse from our ears to our, to our mind all the way to our heart. All right? So Hebrews 11, 1, on the count of three, uh, read it with me. One, two, three. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. All right, we're going to do that again. We're going to do that again with, with all the words up there, all right? One, two, three. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. All right, next slide, please. We're missing two words. All right, so think for just a minute. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Good job. So the missing words were shows and evidence. All right. Next slide. Ah! All right. Here we go. One. Okay. Look at it. Think about it for a minute. All right. What is it? What was that word? All right. One, two, three. Faith shows the evidence of reality. <laughs> All right. One, two, three. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Good job. And so we're missing words. Shows, reality. We're missing evidence. We're missing things. And now one more slide. All right. All right. One, think about it. Have you found the words? One, two, hold up. What was that one? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Hebrews 11, 1. Good job. Now, we don't only want to know it when it comes to faith. We also want to grow it. So we know it. We've got it here. We've got it memorized. We also want to grow it. Over and over again in Hebrews 11, we're going to read the words, by faith, and then a person's name, and, and a short explanation of what they did by faith. And over again, over and over again, we're going to read that, by faith, person's name, Moses, Abraham, Rahab, and so on, and then an explanation of what they did, how they lived by faith. An explanation of what they did, how they obeyed, not just how they felt or what they thought, but there was some actual action here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. So it's not just about thinking, it's about living James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So if you've got faith, but it's not affecting your behavior. If you've got faith, but it's not affecting how you're obeying God. If you've got faith, but you're not taking 
his advice on how to live, that's not real faith. Genuine, sincere faith is accompanied by action, by doing, by obeying, by living. Faith isn't just a feeling. That could be the burrito you ate last night. Faith isn't just a way of thinking, it's a way of living. Faith isn't just an emotion, it's an action. Because we trust that God exists and he keeps his promises, remember that's our working definition, trusting that God exists and that he keeps his promises. Because we trust that God exists and keeps his promises, we then live in obedience to that, regardless of our culture, our circumstances, or the consequences. So it might look something like this. By faith, I'm continuing in Bible devotions and prayer even while I'm struggling with depression. That's a circumstance we might find ourselves in. And we could just say, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna throw it in. By faith, I'm continuing in Bible devotions and prayer even while I'm struggling with depression. By faith, I'm going on a mission trip even though I'm going to have to make some financial sacrifices. By faith, I'm having integrity at work, even if it costs me. Students, by faith, I'm going to walk in purity, even if those around me don't talk or walk in purity. Because we want to go from faith information to faith transformation, to faith that has legs on it, to faith that, that has action, to faith that affects our living. So how can we grow our faith? It's a good question. Grow it. How do we grow it? Here's three suggestions for how we could grow our faith. Number one is loving God's word. The more we God's not going to become greater. God's not going to get stronger. He's as great as you can be. He's as strong as, 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 as you can be. He is perfect. He's complete, right? But loving God's word, like taking Bible study more seriously, like, like starting to memorize verses like we did this morning and really like getting it ingrained in you, Loving God's word will help us to more clearly see his goodness and his power, right? It, it won't make him more powerful, but we'll more clearly see his power. The more we love God's word, the more we study God's word, the more we hide it in, us, in our hearts. And so that's one way we could grow our faith. Another suggestion would be learning about kingdom heroes. And that's what we're going to be doing throughout this series. Uh, but, but with this, I'm saying, hey, let's take it up a notch. I would encourage you to read some Christian biographies. Throughout history, and we've had a lot of history, throughout history there have been men and women who have been in some tough circumstances, who have had to deal with some serious, serious consequences, but they chose faith. And when I say they chose faith, they didn't just say, I feel this way or I think this way, but they walked this way. 
They acted. They obeyed. Despite their circumstances, consequences, I would encourage you to read some Christian biographies. You're like, I'm not much of a reader. Well, uh, there's some documentaries uh, based on Christian, uh, you know, cr- uh, Christian men and women. So check out some documentaries. I've got some great resources on right now media. We've actually got some, some, some documentary uh, biographies for kids called The Torchlighters that's on right now media that everyone has access to. Right, So I would encourage you, learn about kingdom heroes. We're going to speak about a few of those in a, in a moment. And then the third way is exercise your faith muscle. If you want to grow faith, exercise. Right? If you want to grow your leg muscles and become faster, you're going to start running. You're going to exercise those muscles. If you want to grow those biceps, you're going to start doing some curls, and you're going to exercise right, those arm muscles. So if we want to grow our faith, we want to exercise those faith muscles. And that might mean choosing to obey God in in whatever specific area of life you're dealing with right now. Maybe it's something at work. Well, you're going to obey God in in that instance, and that's working that faith muscle. You're going to choose to be uh, generous in some financial matter. That's working that faith muscle, right? You're going to choose him in a relational, choose to trust him and obey him in a relational issue when, when you really don't want to be patient with someone, when you really don't want to be gentle and kind with someone. But God's word clearly tells us to practice kindness and, 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 and patience and forgiveness. You're going to forgive that person. That's practicing, that's exercising, that's using that faith muscle. So how can we grow our faith? Well, there's some real tangible ways that we can grow our faith, and so let's get after it. All right, faith, we want to know it, we want to grow it. Here's a few examples of kingdom heroes. Corey Ten Boom, a Dutch watchmaker, by faith, hid Jews whose lives were in danger during the Holocaust. Her and her family were found out. They were placed in a concentration camp. Some of her family members died there. She suffered tremendously upon her release and the end of the war she was speaking about God's goodness and God's love and she came face to face with one of the Nazi soldiers who was stationed at one of her consecration camps that she was imprisoned at by faith she looked that man in the eyes and extended forgiveness. Chuck Colson, a Marine, a lawyer, part of Richard Nixon's White House staff. He was very much involved and mixed up in the Watergate scandal. After dealing with the highs and lows of professional life, talking to a a business owner, And hearing his testimony of trusting Jesus, by faith at the age of 41, Chuck Colson surrendered his life to Jesus, receiving forgiveness and salvation. He confessed to some wrongdoing he had done, and he got prison time in response to that, as a consequence to that. Upon his release, by faith, he started an international prison ministry that has touched thousands of lives around the world. Sojourner Truth, born into slavery, walked to freedom, and although illiterate, illiterate, by faith became a gospel evangelist, abolitionist, 
and women's rights activist. Eric Little, a Scottish sprinter, favored to win the 100-meter dash in the 1924 Olympics, but by faith refused to run that race because the heats for the 100-meter were on a Sunday, and that was against his convictions. Instead, ran the 400 and won gold for Great Britain. By faith, a year after winning gold for Great Britain in the 1924 Olympics, he moved to China as a missionary where he remained until his death some 20 years later. But we don't just want faith information. We want faith transformation. And so we want to fill in the blanks. And this next slide here, by faith, your name, and how would the sentence read? Not by faith, you felt warm and fuzzy on a Sunday morning. Not by faith, you thought something. But remember, real, genuine, sincere faith is about living. It's about action. So by faith, your name, how does the sentence read? For some of us this morning, it may read, by faith, I decided to follow Jesus. And like Chuck Colson, quit trying to figure it out on my own. I wasn't worried about the highs and lows of the circumstances of my life, but by faith, I trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and for eternal life. That can be your story today. We encourage you to make that decision regardless of whatever circumstances or consequences you're thinking about. Maybe for the rest of us, there's some other faith step that you can take today. But I want to scratch that. I want to scratch that. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Because it's not a, a maybe there's some other faith step. Man, we're living. And every day, we're either taking faith steps or we're walking on our own strength, on our own power. And so, how does your sentence read? By faith, your name chose to be bold and to speak about Jesus to a friend. By faith, your name, I chose to extend kindness and forgiveness in this specific relationship. By faith, your name, I chose to step out of my comfort zone and serve. By faith, I chose to be bold. By faith, I chose to give despite sacrifices I would have to make. I want to pray for you now that we would live by faith. Father in heaven, you are good. And we do look back in history and we believe that in the beginning you created the heavens and the earth. And we do look back in history and we do believe that because you loved us, you demonstrated that love by sending Jesus, your son, who became the ultimate sacrifice, substitute, and our savior through his death and his resurrection. And God, we look forward in history to what we cannot see, and we believe that you will keep your promises. We believe that Jesus is going to return. We believe that you will do away with sin and suffering and death, and you will bring heaven to earth. And so we look forward to that day, and we live now in anticipation. As the Father cried out in the Gospels, we do believe. Help us overcome our unbelief. 
strengthen our faith, grow our faith, that we would take faith steps today and tomorrow and Tuesday and every day obeying and acting like we trust you and your word. In the name of Jesus, amen.